everybody, and welcome to the podcast for the week of 14 June 2021. Today we're going to be talking about wildfire safety and prevention. In the studio right now, we have Becky Frank, the Deputy Director of the Office of Emergency Management, Sheriff Jason Mikesell of Telecanada. Hey, Tommy. <laughs> uh, Don Angel, the Director of the Office of Emergency Management, Trevor Phipps from the Mountain Jackpot, and Deputy Renee Bunting. Hello. Everybody loves Deputy Renee Bunting. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, yes, uh, we are certainly coming into uh, fire season. Things are going to be drying out here. Absolutely. Uh, Trevor and I were actually talking a little bit earlier about uh, we're just we're waiting for the fire bans to go into effect. We figure they're going to be happening sooner than later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's been really hot and dry lately. Yeah, it's yeah, it really has. Scary. It's nervous time. Yeah. Yes. And the winds have really been high too. A lot of trees have uh, fallen over. Yeah, a lot of people in Taylor County do understand uh, what dangers we face here as far as the wildfire things go because we face them every year. But there are those who don't pay as close attention as they should. So what kind of things should we be looking for as, as far as you know, the weather and, and what what the what the forest is going to look like when they're setting out their, their fires for camping and things like that? Well, Tommy, we know that the western slope – is in a severe drought condition. We'd like to think over here where we're at that it doesn't affect us, but the the facts are we are in the drought conditions. We don't have the moisture that we've seen in previous years. And yes, we have tinderbox conditions. Uh, a lot of the residents understand that. It's the people coming through and staying for camping, etc., that still don't understand the severity of the conditions of our current forest. And they are very dry. And I think, you know, Tommy, one of our biggest issues, too, is that our forest has become, uh, and, and you got to understand, Teller County is 596 square miles, but a large percent of the, that square mileage is actually U.S. Forest Service. Mm-hmm. So what tends to happen is everybody from everywhere come here to recreate. Um, to the tune of over 20,000 people a day. Well, those people don't have a buy-in to the community or understand the nature of the fire issues. And one of our biggest concerns is that they leave unattended campfires. We have these types of issues go on constantly. And that's where we get a lot of the fire starts. And we don't have mm-hmm. the monitoring the Forest Service anymore because the, the U.S. government has cut back on Forest Service patrols uh, and personnel to where now it's kind of falling on us and we don't have the ability we're trying desperately to keep people in the forests from the deputies and then volunteers to kind of cut down on some of that wildfire issues because right now all these people are coming up here to camp that don't know anything about this we call them flatlanders for a reason um and they're coming from different states and locations and they just don't care because they don't understand the impacts because historically if you look at things we're getting close to the same issues we did during the Hayman Fire yes. uh, levels. And um, for anybody that lived through the Hayman Fire, Waldo Canyon Fire, uh, all the different forest fires we've had in, in recent years, and I say recent years, in the last 20 years is recent, um, we've had some severe fires that really have displaced thousands and thousands of residents that have destroyed millions and millions of dollars worth of properties um, and have very come cl- or come close to taking lives from our community. And I think that's important to understand. And and we're at such a delicate state right now in this county. 
And also the uh, individuals that are coming out to the community that are renting, uh, they don't know the rules and the ordinance for the community they actually are in. The, uh, one of the big things we can do is make sure that those uh, ordinance that the homeowners put out are actually provided to these people that are renting property and staying for the summer um, and just, you know, visiting our area because they don't know when we have the fire bans or the, the proper ways to do a fire. Um, we just want to make sure that everybody remains safe and does everything the right way. Uh, where would they go to find that information so they could post it in their rentals? Well, the Homeowners Association actually provides all the rules when, when you purchase a home. But what right. happens is when those people rent out their property through a property manager or, like they say, VRBO, um, so that they're running it out themselves, they need to provide that information to those renters so they know, hey, by the way, we're in a burn ban and you can yeah. only you know, have a fire in this fire ring or this fire pitch. You can't just you know, cut down a tree and start a fire. And that information can be found on the sheriff's website, if I remember correct. Well, no, that's – well, the HOA – each HOA is different. They well, would I, have I'm, to provide I'm specifically it. talking about, about fire the burn bans. Yeah. Oh, yes. Those are, yes. Yeah. We put those on social media. They're on the county page. They're on the sheriff's page. We yeah. post them so everybody has them. Okay. Would it be fair to ask the community while they're out there to just kind of keep their head on a swivel, keep looking around, and if they see somebody acting in an unsafe manner with fire – especially considering the season, that they reach out to the authorities and let them know. Or maybe Absolutely. even go over and talk to whoever yeah. they see, make sure. the violation first. Take that first. I'm not saying go over there and, and you know shake your fist and be unpleasant, but go over there and let them know, hey, we're in X fire ban or something like that. And, well, I, I think they have to, Tommy, yeah. and I think that's part of what our community does mm-hmm. is we help each other. Here's yeah. the, the, you know, the, the realistic outlook at this is that in the past when we've had fires kick off, the community has been the one to report it quickly. We can't have a very quick response from our fire groups if we don't know what's happening. So what we've had in the past is that the community has helped us identify fires, identify arson suspects to really help us get ahead of it. Now, where does that come in at? Um, Our local media that helps us immensely get that information out there to folks to, hey, notify us as soon as they possibly can. Um, And that really has helped us get response, those units to respond very quickly put out fires we had a issue a few years ago where we had 28 different arson starts within about a week we put together task forces we stood up uh, the national incident management team um here we we had direct lines to the governor because of the fear of what those arsons would and i ran that and the thing that was is that we were able to push um units and response teams within to those fires when they popped up within 15 minutes of start Mm-hmm. Um, it was an amazing push in the community to stop it. We had groups that would sit in front of subdivisions and not let people in unless they knew who they were. Um, it was it was crazy the amount of assistance we had within the community to stop those arson fires from beginning. And that's what really saved the canyon. And you saw that the that the Waldo Canyon fire kicked off right after that. And look at the damage it caused to the whole um, El, El Paso County and Colorado yes. Springs. Um, yeah, that very easily that. could have been this county if it were right. not for the citizens. The um, the way we broke down into the incident management team, the way we did our response, the media for pushing out information as soon as we had it, mm-hmm. um, that really saved this county, I think. So much so that homeowners, the residents, we would have unmarked cars going through those subdivisions, and they were actually calling in our unmarked cars and saying, hey, there's a car we just saw patrolling. <laughs> or they would come out to confront us and say, hey, you know, what are you doing in here? Then they'd see we were in uniform. Yeah. But that education yeah. for the community exactly. came from our local media sources. That's right. yeah. Yes. 
Now, I was just wondering, could you speak to any, has there been any incidents or close, close calls or fires so far yet this year? I thought there was one up on Rampart that was kind of. We've had several yes. that uh, have had the ability, fortunately, have not gotten away. But yes, we're seeing it on a regular basis. In fact, you can talk to some of the fire chiefs, Jay Tig of Four Mile Fire, every Monday and Tuesday, they go on patrol throughout his entire district because campers leave those fires that they assume are out, but they're not. So he's taken a very proactive stance. We've got the Teller County Wildfire Task Force group. As soon as we see a smoke, and this goes back to Jason's talking about standing up the task force. Okay? As soon as there is any scene of smoke or open flame, we get the task force out there and rolling immediately. We're also very fortunate this year, as we move forward in the next month or two, our communications network will be much stronger much more effective and efficient with our resources. So that's a big step coming up. We've done some things, and Becky can talk for a minute about the Teller County Wildfire Council and what its projects are and how we try to mitigate the potential actions. Becky? So I think really what this speaks to is the strength of our community and those collaborative relationships and working towards ensuring that we have some mitigation and um, opportunities to help folks that are wanting to improve their properties. Uh, a lot of our homeowners really border upon um, some of this national forest and BLM land where people are recreating and that uh, urban wildfire or wildland interface ends up being some of those really important opportunities for those mitigation projects. The Wildfire Council has put together a fantastic chipper program this year um, in coordination with their local fire departments. There's information on that if anybody's interested in doing some mitigation on their properties that they, that can be found on the Teller County OEM website. And just last week, Becky, how many Slash piles did Netco chip? 231. Wow, wow. that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. We started that program. The commissioners backed it, got us up and going. Mm -hmm. But that's a new program this year. Becky was instrumental in obtaining the chipper, putting the flyers and information together, and coordinating with the various fire chiefs for what their week is to use the chipper and help their communities. So that's just one small aspect. And basically that's a free program for the yes. community. And they just put their slash out on the side of the road and then they come through and ship it. There's a way to put it out by the side of the road, but you're exactly right. Okay. Then and the fire agency comes by. They're the responsible party to make sure it's all safe and so forth. And they chip it. It's great. You know, all these programs, Renee, this this has been kind of a big push to do this and mm -hmm. give you a little understanding. I know when I came back prior to being sheriff, all of these programs had gone away. They, nobody in the county, the sheriff's office working together. 
the fire chiefs weren't working together with the sheriff's office, and there was just nothing left. When I had left and retired, all these programs were stuck and actually in, in pretty good position. But when I came back, and this was just before <laughs> the fire we had in High Chateau, right? we started standing back those things up very quickly to try to, because we saw the fire season coming. Um, we were able to get that put back together just in time for that fire. And I don't think people realize what kind of a shoelace things are if, if mm-hmm. you aren't pushing to get these programs stood up working with the community. We had done a, a fire prevention symposium just prior to that That's fire, correct. which mm-hmm. that caused that subdivision to have everybody ready to go because we almost lost deputies in that fire. And people yes. don't realize the safety concerns and the resourcing that were not even being provided by the state at the time. So to come from that moment of when we started to where we they brought Dawn on mm-hmm. um, to help continue those programs forward, where we are at now in the state of things is that we're the strongest we've ever been with a response um, and preventative capability than we've ever been in Teller County. And we also don't put out there how many actual forest fire starts we have in a year. I bet you we're well over 60-some fire starts in a year. For a county our size to be able to put those fires down that quickly is the chance to not have these things blow up and be these huge fires. That Wildland Task Force, we meet as all the chiefs of all the fire departments and the sheriff's office and Don with OEM every single month to talk about these things, keep that thing going with our EMS providers and just all of those peoples. And this isn't like a little thing. This is a major um, um, program uh, with the chippers and everything else. That's just a continuing effort by this county to push forward on wildland prevention of these forest fires. And, it, yep, and it's great to see everybody working together again. I, I think that's what's really been wonderful and, and helpful. Well, yeah. we have agreements with the mine. We yeah. have agreements with all kinds of private functions within mm-hmm. the county to help with uh, bulldozing during the, that fire that we had in High Chateau. The Forest Service wasn't able to bring in their equipment. We ended up having to bring in private organizations from throughout this county to the bulldozing lines. That was a community effort to stop a major uh, threat to this community. Yes. And it worked because we were a community. We did go forward as a community to stop that fire. Mm -hmm. Um, We even brought in people that normally couldn't fight the fires like Victor fire because they are not red carded. They brought in structure trucks. We, it was such a change of the dynamics of how we look at fires because there were no resources because there were so many other fires. And we're actually looking at a summer this year that could be twice as bad as it was before. And if those resources aren't, you're not able to get those from outside, we have to figure out how to use it inside. And that's where we have to come together as a team and a community throughout the county to build that dynamic. Yep. And on the news this morning, they were just saying that Colorado and Wyoming have got the worst drought conditions in almost 2,000 years to their upper forest. They're anticipating this is going to be a very active fire season, and localized resources and coordination is going to become very critical. Uh, Sheriff, we were fortunate. We just worked out agreement with Colorado Springs Utilities and their firefighting resources also. We've got several others that we can contact for immediate help and assistance. But it's one of those concerted effort projects that uh, needs to continue because 
Nobody sees the drought loosening up for the next decade. That was, that's what they're expecting. So we've got to be prepared. We've got a good teller combined agency team that we can set out to manage the incident as fast as we need to and get it up and projected. We've got resources that we work together to include Sheriff, as you said, even public works. They'll bring their water tenders, do water shuttles. They'll cut line, whatever we need to get done. We're going to need to do it. But it all starts with the educational process to our citizens. We need to get them to go ahead, call us if they see something. We'd rather run on a false report than be two days late into it. So... By the way, speaking of getting that information, uh, I, I actually just called up the OEM website here, so I'll put the link of, about that in the show notes. A lot of very good information to find there. There's a big banner about the chipper program like you were talking about. And then in the Are You Ready uh, block, which is just under the mission statement, the very first thing is a wildfire preparedness where you've put up a, a nice PDF of, of things that people can do to make sure that they at their homes are, are ready for wildfires. Yes, the Ready, Set, Go program is a program nationwide that, again, educational process. As these fires break out, you need to know that you may be asked to evacuate, just like in Jefferson County last weekend. They had people evacuated for a 34-acre fire because they didn't know if it was going to take off and run. And that's one of those preparatory things that you as a homeowner a renter, whatever, make sure you have your vitals ready to go. I just had one question I wanted to ask sure. real fast. Um, since you kind of mentioned that campfires not getting put out has kind of been an issue this year so far, is there some official advice or instructions you could give to somebody who might not be as experienced with campfires as a lot of us locals are and maybe on how the proper way to put out a fire would be? Well, you bring up a good point. And again, it's all going to start with the fact that just because it looks like it's out doesn't mean it is out. A fire can smolder for three, four days. And with the high winds that we get at times, that's when it gets kicked off. So again, it goes back to what Smokey the Bear told us. Stir it, wet it, stir it, wet it, and check it. Okay, but... Don't just assume that since you poured some water on it, it's out. One of the things I think that uh, we need to also talk about is when the sheriff and I determine or we see red flag warnings in our surrounding counties, we shut down the burn permits here too. We call it an orange flag. While we sit in an elevation that appears to be good, our neighboring counties are all in red flag. Why would we permit burning in our own county? That just leads to complacency. So we've started daily. Dispatch gets called from our wildland task force. Six o'clock, I believe it comes in. Mm -hmm. And the dispatchers know whether it's going to be a burn day or not. And that comes directly from the wildland task force leaders. You know, and Renee and Don and I are all talking about doing a fire symposium. 
fire prevention. It's actually going to be held at the new training building at the sheriff's office. Um, we're going to go ahead and put information out there. We'll have a panel of experts um, from the uh, fire chiefs um, coming out to talk about how to get prepared, what we need to be doing right now uh, to get ready. Um, and the biggest thing with the uh, Ready, Set, Go program, it actually tells you the different steps and phases of Ready, Set, Go. Uh, that will help you to get you and your family prepared and ready just in case there is an emergency. And as always, we encourage everybody to build a kit um, based on your family. If you have dogs and cats and goats and whatever, you want to make sure that everybody's going to be taken care of when you have to evacuate. Yep. Yes. And pets are very important. Absolutely. A lot of people don't evacuate. They think that they got to get their pets, which they should. But on the other hand, that places a vulnerability onto the rest of us mm-hmm. trying to respond. So right. if you work daily, make sure you have a game plan for who's taking care of your pets in your neighborhood to get them out. Yeah. Because you know, that, again, is a big concern. And Don's absolutely right. And Renee, one thing we did start was we have door hangers yes, that we, we do. provide to the community for them to hang on their door, which they can identify how many pets they have how to get a hold of them right? in case they do get evacuated. Because that's something we've dealt with in the past is mm-hmm. if a deputy drives up and sees a door hanger, they know you're gone, which is great because there was a, a time during the, the High Chateau fire where I and the chief of uh, Netco, Tyler Lambert, were out trying to check on homes yeah. to see if everybody was gone. Get into the houses. That uh, mm-hmm. we got caught behind the fire line and only by the grace of God did we actually get out of it. Right. So, you know, there's there's times where it puts people's lives at danger if you're not getting out of the fire zone. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll have we have those hangers at the office. We'll have them at the symposium. The symposium is going to be open for the community. We'll let people know uh, the date and time. And the biggest thing is that uh, those door hangers, we can actually, they just say evacuated. So on one side, it tells us all the information we need to know. And on the other side, it has the information if we need to contact that individual and also know where they're staying for their safety. Right. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is it, don't leave too late. Because what we're finding now with the amount of traffic in the county is it becomes very hard to get anywhere. We have not had the fires like in California where the highways are shut off and we're having issues with that. But could that happen? Yeah. If you look at Cougar Canyon out of Florissant Mm -hmm. or you look at some of the other areas, know your routes out of the county. A lot of people move here and they only know Highway 24. They don't know that there's back ways out of the county. Make sure that you have a map. Don't count on your phones because the other side that we run into is that phones are great, but the problem is is that there's so many people getting on the phones right now mm-hmm. that it locks down the ability to get your service. And during an emergency situation, that phone may not work at all. So you need to know that on a regular FM radio that you can receive information on and then also look to your local news media. The tweets and everything are great, but if I can't pull up the websites – then I can't get the information. So have pre-planned how you're going to get out and what those routes are and how to contact people because you really need to have those ahead of time. Absolutely. And I think you bring up a great point because I still remember during the Waldo Canyon fire, people did not know how to get down to Colorado Springs or out of Teller County because they had never taken the back routes. So we actually had to provide maps on social media to show people these are the exit routes that you need to get to go to your jobs in Denver or if you're going down to Pueblo um, so we had to provide maps. I mean, they were really rough-looking maps, but just to show them how to take a, a second um, route. Yeah, we teach from the fire side in the structural way. We teach people 
find two ways out. Well, they need to do it for wildland fire also. Just as you said, mm-hmm. Renee and Sheriff, most of them come here, they've got one route of travel, and they never think twice what happens if that route is shut off. And, right. You know, as you said, Cougar Canyon, uh, all of our areas coming in here could be shut off in a New York second just due to a simple wildfire. It's going to get out of control, and it's going to go. We need to know those routes ahead of time. It's an educational process. And then as we go forward, home hardening for fire. That's something that people need to start to learn. We started with FireWise, and now the educational process moves to home hardening. Keep stuff away from your house 15 to 30 feet. Okay, Don't use nice wood bark up against your home here in the forest. Yes, it looks good right up until it burns or carries the fire to your house. And again, those are all programs that we work on to educate the people that live here and care. But our biggest vulnerability comes with those weekend tourists that really don't have buy-in to the county. Well, with that, I think we're going to go ahead and close out this podcast for today. Thank you, everybody who came into the studio to talk about the wildfire preparedness. Uh, I'm again going to plug the OEM's website, which I'll put in the show notes. There's a lot of great planning information there, a lot of great uh, uh, educational information there, so have a look at it. And uh, with that, I'm going to say stay safe out there in Teller County, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you, Tommy. This podcast was made possible by the Teller County Honorary Deputy Sheriff's Association. The HDSA is a nonprofit organization dedicated to increasing public safety and awareness by providing safety and survivability equipment to deputies, administering community events like Shop with a Hero, and enabling information programs like this podcast. 